Welcome to the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast, powered by Jetro. Each week, we bring extremely valuable accounting and tax tips specific to small business owners. You will be on your way to growing your business and putting more money in your pockets. Here's your host. Hello and welcome back to another episode. I am your host and founder of Jetro, Mike Jezoshek. Today we're going to be talking about coronavirus and the Paycheck Protection Program Forgiveness. We're getting close to finally getting a clear forgiveness route, and so I want to catch us up on what we've missed and what have cha- what has changed. Before we get into that, this episode is brought to you by Jetro, a digital accounting firm servicing business owners across the country, helping them relieve stress around financials and save thousands in taxes. Again, today we're going to be talking about the Paycheck Protection Program, the PPP, and specifically the forgiveness of that program. Now, I am sick of talking about the PPP probably as much as you guys are sick of hearing about it. But with that being said, it's constantly changing. And so I want to take this episode this week to just wrap up where we've been. So we've, we've done updates on where things have gone, and now more clarification has come out. We've gotten uh, the applications that have been released. So I want to take this time to wrap up and say, okay, here's where we at are at as of today. So first, let's go through some facts. The, time, the, the, the amount of time that you have to use the funds is 24 weeks. Now, remember, this used to be eight weeks. So the time that is allowed to use the funds is 24 weeks or December 31st, whichever comes first. You also have an option to continue to use the eight-week uh, period if you received funding prior to June 5th. Now, the required amount that must be used on payroll in order to get forgiveness is 60%. So 60% of your costs must be used on payroll. That was down previously. That was 75%. And any amount that's not forgiven, so let's say you have a loan of $100,000, $70,000 is forgiven, you have $30,000 left over, that's going to turn into a loan at a five-year term at 1%. Now, that 1% is is accruing immediately. And there is a six-month payment deferral from the start date of your loan disbursement. So let's go through a few things. First, I want to talk about costs that are eligible for forgiveness. And we've talked about these before, but I want to touch on some few different changes that came in there. So what is what type of costs are eligible for forgiveness? The biggest one, again, is payroll costs. These must make up at least 60%. And these are items that are paid or incurred during the covered period. So this would be salaries, wages, um, health insurance contributions by the employer, uh, retirement plan contributions by the employer, state and local taxes. Note that this the payroll amount is capped at $100,000 annualized per employee. So you can't, if, if your employer is making more than $100,000, you'd only be able to, it'd be capped at $100,000 and that's annualized. Also, the employer share of FICA, so the employer payments for Social Security and Medicare, are not included in the payroll cost calculation. So it's just wages, commissions, things like that, plus self-employed, plus um, not self-employed, plus health insurance, plus retirement plan contributions, and state and local payroll taxes. Now, let's look at this a little deeper for those that are self-employed or are S corp owners. The max that you can pay yourself is $15,385 if you're using the eight-week period. If you're using the 24-week period, 
the max is 20,833. Um, as, as, as corp owners are also capped by the amount of your 2019 employee salary and retirement contributions. And one other thing to note is that health insurance for the owners is no longer figured into the eligible cost for forgiveness. So that's health insurance cost for the owners and S corp owner is no longer figured into the eligible costs. Non-owner health insurance still is included in there. So the big item is payroll. Costs that can be used for forgiveness, payroll, must be at least 60%. The remaining 40%, you can use it all for payroll if you want to, but at least 60% has, and then the remaining amount can be used with mortgage interest, utilities, or rent. And these would be for items that were put into place prior to February 15th. So that's kind of the facts of, you know, what is this loan term, 24 weeks? Um, What can you use it for? Payroll, mortgage interest, utilities, rent. Now let's look into things that can reduce the amount that you can get forgiven. So there's two things that if you do these, your forgiveness amount may be reduced by a percentage. If you reduce employee pay in excess of 25%, you may have a reduction in forgiveness. And this would be for salary or hourly employees. So if you're paying someone a salary of, say, $100,000 annualized, and you reduce it down to $60,000, but they're doing the same work, that would be a reduction of over 25%. Or if you're paying someone for easy math, 100 bucks an hour, and now you're paying them $60 an hour for the same work, that would re- be a reduction of more than 25% in an hourly rate. So your, your forgiveness amount may be reduced if you reduce your employee pay in excess of 25%, or you reduce your employee headcount or full-time equivalent. And so when we look at full-time equivalent, there's two methods to help calcula- calculate that. What is the full-time equivalent? The first method, and we call this the long method, is you take the average hours each employee was paid per week, divide that by 40, and round to the nearest tenth with a maximum of, of one. So if you have an employee with 35 hours, you would take 35, divide it by 40, and get a 0.875, and you'd round that up to 0.9. So you would take all of your employees and calculate this for their calculation, add them up, and that's your FTE or your full-time equivalent number. If we use the simple method, it's very easy. If you have an employee that worked 40 or more hours, they're considered one full-time FTE, full-time equivalent. If they work less than 40 hours, they're considered 0.5 full-time equivalent. So let's use an example. Let's say you have three employees working 25 hours, 35 hours, and 42 hours per week. Using the long method, your full-time equivalent would be 2.5. So FTE would be 2.5. Using the simple method, it would be 2 because you have 2 at less than 40, so that's a half and a half, and then 1 at 40 or more, which is 1. So a half plus a half plus 1 is 2. If you're using the long method, you would have you would calculate 25 divided by 40, 35 divided by 40, and then 40 divided by 40 and add those up to get 2.5. So that's the method. If you have a reduction in FTEs, you may your forgiveness amount may be reduced. Now, here's a key thing to note, that if you restore this reduction back to original numbers by December 31st or the end of the covered period or date you file your application, you are fine. Now, there are some exceptions to this where you are allowed to reduce, and that's if you have the inability to rehire individuals or similarly qualified individuals. So if you're unable to rehire those people that you had, or an employee simply denies an offer to come back, 
you might offer them to come back and they say no, then that's an exception. Or the second exception is you're able to document the inability to return to the same level of business activity that your business was operating at before February 15th. And that would be due to COVID restrictions or government restrictions that did not allow you or are still not allowing you to be at normal operations. So there's two exceptions that allow you to reduce your inability to rehire or uh, the individual or a similarly qualified individual, or they deny your offer to come back, or you're able to document the inability to return to the same level of business activity that you were operating at prior to December or prior to February 15th due to a governmental COVID restriction that's been put on, that's been put in place. So that's, um, that's, that's, a lot of the changes, kind of the groundwork, the the upkeep. Again, I just want to go an overview of this stuff as things have changed. Wanted to quickly bring it up. Now, let's talk about the loan forgiveness process. Let's say you spent all your funds. You're ready to, to apply for forgiveness. There's two applications that you must that you can submit. There's an easy application, or there's the long application. We want to try to get into that easy application because it's very short compared to the other application. To qualify for the easy application, you have to meet one of these items. One, you're a sole proprietorship or you have no employees. So if you're an S-Corp owner, that'd be just a one one employee S-Corp owner that would be qualified too. You can do the easy app. The second item that would qualify for the easy application would be is if you're an employee, if you're an employer that did not reduce, have a reduction in pay of 25% or more, or you met the full-time equivalent rule. So you did not reduce hours or full-time equivalents. Um, Again, you have until December 31st or the date you submit your application to restore your workforce to the pre-pandemic levels. This third option would be, again, you're an employer with no reduction in pay and due to a COVID reason, you're unable to bring your full-time equivalent back up. So if you're a sole prop or, or you have no employees or you're a single owner employee, or you did not reduce pay or, um, or, or reduce your employee count, or you reduce your employee count, but you meet one of the exceptions, you're going to qualify for the easy application. If you do not qualify for the easy application, you would use the, the traditional long form application. So how this loan forgiveness process works, you complete and submit the forgiveness application to the bank within 10 months after the last day of the covered period. So you have some time here. You don't need to rush on this. You have 10 months after the covered period to submit this application. Note, based on our understanding, you may submit a loan forgiveness application before the end of the covered period if you have used all the loan uh, proceeds for which you're requesting forgiveness for. So once you submit that application to the bank, the lender has 60 days from receipt of that application to issue a decision to the SBA on forgiveness or not forgiveness. Then the SBA will either grant it, and they will also deduct any kind of EIDL advance amounts you received from that forgiveness amount. So let's say you received an EIDL grant of $5,000, and your forgiveness amount you requested was $40,000. They're going to forgive $35,000, and then you'll have a loan, a PPP loan of $5,000 to repay back. So basically, they're just saying that you got a prepay of your forgiveness amount essentially through the EIDL advance. So if you received that uh, up to $10,000 EIDL advance, that will reduce the amount of your um, forgiveness amount because you already received that essentially forgiven amount. 
So that's kind of the new changes that have gone through where we're at today. Um, now, remember that you can still, if you, if you have not submitted a PPP application, you have not received funds yet, you can still apply. The deadline is June 30th. So there's still time, but not much. Make sure you apply and, the, and you have to apply for that PPP loan by June 30th. If you don't get the funds till later, that's totally fine, but the application has to be in by June 30th. So if you're looking to take advantage of this relief option, make sure you get the application um, into a bank so that you can start to get those PPP funds before June 30th. Again, June 30th is the final date for that. So I just wanted to go through again some of these things just in a summary. Um, you have 24 weeks to use it, to use the funds or December 31st, whichever one comes first. You do have the option to use eight weeks if, uh, if you received your funding before June 5th. You have to spend at least 60% on payroll. Um, that's down from previously it was 75%. The remaining amount can be used on, um, on mortgage interest, rent, or utilities. Uh, now, the total compensation for owner employees is capped at 20833 if you're using the 24-week period or 15385 if you're using the eight-week period. And owner health insurance is no longer figured into the PPP calculation, so you cannot use that cost of employer health insurance as, as a calculation in that forgiveness amount Non-owner health insurance is still included in that. And just a reminder that when we're looking at eligible costs, the FICA portion, so Social Security and Medicare paid by the employer, is also not included in that calculation. When you go to, to submit your loan forgiveness application, you have two options, the easy application or the long form. Um, you have 10 months after the last day of the covered period to submit that application for forgiveness. And then the lender has 60 days to approve it or not. And any EIDL advance will get re your forgiveness amount will be reduced by that amount. So this is where we're at today. Again, these are constantly changing. We'll update you if more information comes out, but want to give a thorough kind of overview of where we stand today because there has been so many moving parts in this process. Um, if you have questions, submit them in the Facebook group, shoot me an email, sales at jetrotax.com. We can talk through these things with you, um, maybe add them to another episode. If you want to talk about other things, non-PPP related, non-COVID related, send those questions over. Um, we're really looking forward to the day where we can continue um, uh, episodes that are not just COVID related, but we do know that this affects so many small businesses. And we want to make sure that you're staying up to date on these changes and updates. So thank you again for listening to another episode and I will see you guys next week. Now, one last thing before I go, don't forget to check out our podcast website at www.jetrotax.com. Simply click resources and then podcast where you can go there and check out our past episodes. Also, don't forget to join our free bookkeeping training program and free Facebook group. I've provided links to both of these in the show notes below. This has been another episode of the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast from the team at Jetro. If you enjoy our weekly episodes, please leave a review on whatever platform you listen to us on and share with other business owners. If you have any questions or future topics you want to hear, email them to tax at jetrotax.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.